I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Uh, all of them were technically dinosaurs. So even the pterosaur were, were dinosaurs. So, <laughs> it's uh, a fantasy. That, I think that's <laughs> taking it back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, please. Okay, well, I already surprised you because we've been recording for nine seconds. Dang. Okay, cool. Okay, countdown now, please. Stone cold. Five. No, sorry, could you start from 15? 15, 14, <laughs> 13, Four 12. boys here. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. It's, uh, it's me, your host, Ethan. Uh, been a hot minute since I did an episode, but uh, we're back. Holding the breath did some brain damage. Uh, so it's, I'm slower to write them now, basically, basically what it is. <laughs> um, with me, of course, is Jimmy. Hi, James Miller. Nice to meet you. And Pity. Jimmy and Pity. Hey, uh, Pete Miller. Happy to meet you. <laughs> James O'Donoghue and Pete Miller. Uh, <laughs> never dox us. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Uh, as you can see from the title, we're talking about Pathfinder lore today. Uh, what that is. If you have no idea what Pathfinder is, I can uh, guess. We'll, give it a, we'll give it a quick intro. I'll but guess. Ja- I'll guess. Jamie's going to guess and explain it to us before. Okay. Um, it's a GPS system, but before we had GPSs. So it's kind of like Mapfinder. Uh, you okay. just have to go on the internet and use Pathfinder, and you print out where you want to go. Um, in your you three D you three D print a Nissan Pathfinder, and it yes. just drives you. It drives you wherever you need to go, even if like it's just like you're on a college campus yeah. and you're you're trying to like map to your next lecture hall. Mm-hmm. The Nissan Pathfinder will take you there. Yeah. This episode, of course, sponsored by Nissan. So <laughs> Nissan Pathfinder, new 2023 Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, that's how the lore boys safely get themselves to work. And the yeah. voice of the GPS of the Nissan Pathfinder is, of course, the robot Pathfinder from Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode of the Lore Boys sponsored by Apex, Apex Legends. Legends. New season nine <laughs> dropping like a Robocop looking motherfucker or whatever. <laughs> Didn't read the article. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Pathfinder, short and sweet. Uh, I guess uh, actually bef- before we, we get that this this week's episode is a patron request so uh, it's from Mad Max um, it was originally requested by Dead Man than David but uh, because Mad Max is uh, paying the bills over here he gets uh, he gets f- first rights to that he one guy so. credit <laughs> yeah. uh, but it sure does take a village to get me to write a script it, it turns out so um, thanks for everyone who requested it if you guys want to request an episode uh, we do have a channel for it in the Lore Boys Discord there's a link in the description of this episode. Uh, as well as a link to the Patreon, uh, which will, uh, as as just mentioned, we'll get you a, a tiny little bump in uh, <laughs> likelihood that we'll pick one of your your requests. Actually, 
Yeah, we actually have uh, three new ones here, which I want to shout out because I forgot about these guys, and then Jamie forgot about these guys, so <laughs> we're putting them in now. Uh, so a big shout out to Smoochie, Squilliam, Fancy Son, and Alexi Robitai um, for uh, being our uh, our freshest, our hottest and freshest patrons. Yeah, despite the fact they've been cooling on the windowsill now say, for twelve days, and that's our well, bad. We can eat them without burning the roof of our mouth. Finally, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thanks to all the patrons. If you want to become a Patreon, head to patreon.com slash lorevoice or follow the link in the description of this episode. Uh, we have a couple different tiers there uh, that you can get in on the ground floor. It's been it's still the ground floor. We're not really building up. We're building out, like the Edmonton Mall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah we are, we're a bungalow, and goddamn, if we can get an indoor submarine ride, uh, that would be fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I played Pathfinder yeah. with you, Ethan. You were my DM in one campaign and then a guy named Rob DM'd another campaign and I've tried yeah. both a cleric and a ranger and I remember the ranger being badass because I had like a heavy crossbow and in one turn if I already had one loaded I could shoot and then load and then shoot another and it did like so much damage at like level one or whatever it was it was crazy yeah uh so you guys have both played Pathfinder actually uh because yeah, right? yeah, oh, our that first one charity, too. charity stream we did the one shot adventure we be goblins uh which is published by Paizo I believe um so I mean really at its core for anybody who, who no idea what we're talking about uh Pathfinder is called a fantasy role-playing game it's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons in that it basically is Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. uh it's created by Paizo Publishing why I say it's uh it is basically Dungeons and Dragons is because uses the same D20 core rule set, uh, was first published in 2009 uh, under the open game license that was still supported under for Dungeons & Dragons 3.5e. So uh, there's been a couple iterations of, of Dungeons & Dragons over the year. We're on 5th edition right now. Uh, first edition came out in the 80s. Uh, Gary Gygax uh, published it, right? Um, so I they remember went through when 4th these... edition was out, you're like, I don't like 4th, so we're going to play Pathfinder, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I that still was the general like... consensus. I was dating a girl who had the same sentiment. That's like how I found out about it. She was like, 4th Ed sucks. It's all about yeah, it's... miniatures. It's too easy. We play Pathfinder now. And we never did together, but yeah. I, I remember that being like a thing that she would do when I wasn't around. It's kind of the community uh, consensus. You know, it's it's the rep, red-headed stepchild is, is 4E in a, in a lot of senses. Um, just, just generally considered like too grindy combat's really slow it doesn't leave you like a lot of like uh freedom i guess as a player and when they announced uh fourth edition was when paizo actually decided to create pathfinder um and the reason they did that was because the game license was changing so it was really like unrestricted before then uh was the coast was really just like hey anybody can take our core rule set make your own setting and you can like fully publish it or whatever Okay. Um, so there was a ton of spinoffs of, of like third, second edition, third edition, 3.5 edition, uh, which Pathfinder happens to be a really successful one. It's probably the second most popular in the traditional fantasy or tabletop RPG sphere. Um, so it's, it's essentially a and d spinoff, like using like full, like all the D&D rules and everything. They just created their own universe or multiverse to house it. Basically. From what I understand, Wizards has gotten much uh, newer and more dangerous lawyers since then, have they not? <laughs> I mean, they got bought by Hasbro, so I'll let you, oh. I'll let you decide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're a Hasbro subsidiary. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like, it's a business for sure, and, and 5e is great. Uh, they've done some incredible things for, you know, like, player engagement. They, they finally just acquired the people who were under license making D&D Beyond, so... 
Uh, a lot of the community is now hoping that if you buy a paperback version of a book, you get the digital version kind of included, like you can get a code or whatever with oh, the... Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, not announced or anything. That's just, uh, we're all hoping for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love to have the physical books, but the online D&D Beyond is just so goddamn convenient. It's like yeah. hard hard to justify not getting it. So I buy a lot of, I buy two of a lot of them. <laughs> uh, um, I know Pokemon does that, or I think that's how it works. Cause I know like I'll watch Max Mofo Pokemon just open packs on YouTube. I find it very relaxing and there's a QR code that comes in every pack. And I think you can redeem that for like a digital version of that pack. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think uh, I have no idea. Yeah. If you do it the other way around, if you just only buy um, the digital versions and you get a big enough printer, then you can always have both, right? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, an she... underground, like, Victorian printing press where you're, like, ins- inserting yeah. all the little, like, blocks the letters on them. They're, they're like, t- they're, like, 200-page textbooks. Like, it, it costs you more in printer ink than, than yeah. the cost of just <laughs> buying the book outright. Um, yeah, that's why you, yes. you go to your local library and <laughs> use all their equipment. Yeah. I remember going in, like, in university and like printing out so many uh, things because there was one uh, printer that if you asked the person, then you didn't have to get charged for it. And it oh, damn, cool. dude. Yeah, so I'd damn, print out like dude. entire chapters of psychology books and take them home with me so I didn't have to the stay people, at the, the people's librarian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carl Marx, working at the library. Go figure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clip on glasses like over his nose. Yep. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I got to stop in here and print something. No, no, that's Ayn Rand's library. Don't go in there. Oh, no. <laughs> He's Completely looking. fucking empty, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> just Atlas shrugged. All uh, Every bookshelf just full, full of copies. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so Pathfinder, similar to D&D. D&D, for anybody who doesn't know. Um, it's a game. You sit at a table. You play make-believe with your friends. And there's some, like, bare-bone rules which kind of form that. Now, I still, to this day, really like Pathfinder just because... It's open source, so uh, like anybody can kind of publish like extra adventures, extra classes for it. So there's like so many class options. There's there's so much you can do with it because it there's so many rules to it, uh, which is why I tend to not play it because it's it's much harder to to explain like the Pathfinder rules than Five E. Five E is like so seamless and so simple, but with like Fourth E, it was like just as complicated to explain all the rules. And then it was combat was just like also a lot slower. And there are, mm. were also just like more restrictions, whereas Pathfinder tends to be op- more open. So um, still really enjoy Pathfinder. Um, but 5e, if you're looking to get into D&D, 5e is definitely, de- almost definitely your best bet. Don't don't start with Pathfinder like I did, really. But So like um, we were joking before. I was like, I'm going to look up everything before you can you can tell me about it of Pathfinder, right? And I, I yeah. saw like a couple locations like Galarion and Aslant or something. And like how much of Pathfinder lore and D&D lore have overlap or is it just the rule set that is overlapping? Yeah, it's just, so it's just the rule set. So okay. the, the, the universe is... is entire i mean so and we'll get into it but like because they copied the rule set some of like the monsters are the same like like pathfinder also has dragons and they also work the same way where you have like chromatic and metallic dragons just because like that had been that had been a thing in the tabletop community since the first uh D version essentially is there slimes that every time you chop it it turns into two slimes and then into four slimes and there there absolutely is you don't you don't use slicing damage against the slime right um do you have to use fire? Because I don't think... A, would a blunt weapon just, like, splatter it, and then you get a bunch of misshapen slime cones? <laughs> no, no, you can roll it like a rolling pin and then put it into a pizza oven to kill it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Bludgeoning damage is fine. Piercing damage is fine. And I think most magical damage is fine. Depends on the slime as well. There's lots of different slime types, but... Is there chromatic but, slimes? 
Yeah, they're they're the good aligned ones. Yeah, <laughs> is there, I know there's like Metal Slime and Dragon Quest, which is a Japanese yeah. game I am not familiar with. Yeah, I played a couple of those old ones. I, I really like the those old RPGs. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So we're gonna talk about the the universe, and and I don't really think much of it overlaps, other than some like like really broadly. Um, you know, it's a multiverse. Uh, there's like these different planes of existence, essentially. So a, a lot of the like the cosmology, I guess, is very similar. Uh, but it is it is unique in some ways. And I didn't dwell too much on the cosmology because I, I thought the actual history of the, the main planet, Galarian, is, is more interesting. So let, uh, I guess let's just jump in, right? Um, so starting from the absolute macro, uh, the Pathfinder multiverse, known as the Great Beyond. Uh, shares with D&D the system, like I said, of various planes of existence uh, with humans. Uh, a lot of primary actions for campaigns uh, revolves around the material plane. So again, same as D&D. There's also, you know, there's humans, there's elves, there's dwarves, there's gnomes, there's halflings. There's, you know, like we said before, dragons. So um, a there's lot no of dinosaurs like in the Green Valley and the mysterious beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it's it. I will say the universe in Pathfinder seems a lot busy. Like, it seems like there's a lot more planets with a lot more going on. Or, okay. like, in the solar system of Galarian, kind of the, the primary solar system in the, the material plane, um, which has, like, multiple galaxies. Like, it, canonically, it has, like, different galaxies within it, uh, within this, like, universe and all with these planets. And within that solar system, there's Galarian. And there's, you know, at least two other planets that have, like, life on them essentially in the solar system itself so it, it seems much busier basically we're going to talk about multiple creatures here which kind of jump between planets at different times as well okay uh the gray beyond is modeled as two distinct spheres so inner and outer which again uh, is shared with dnd if you guys remember from some dnd episode we've done an inner uh, sphere a eh? i've never heard of that <laughs> <laughs> uh connecting them is the astral sea um, the outer sphere contains nine known planes and is where the gods of the multiverse reside. Um, heaven and hell, Abaddon and Asylum, the Abyss and Nirvana. These are all planes within the outer sphere. Uh, the inner sphere contains the material plane I mentioned earlier, as well as the elemental planes of air, water, earth, and fire. The astral plane, ethereal plane, shadow plane, and the plane known as the first world. Okay. Okay. So... Genies and elementals both maintain that the elemental planes existed first in the inner sphere, uh, and it was from their energies combined with creation forge, known as the positive energy plane, that the gods and their primordial servants were able to create other planes. So uh, at first, the you know the inner sphere was just kind of chaos. It seems like the outer sphere already existed because we had gods at the time. Right. Um, and so they realize, like, oh, if we take Creation's Forge, which is kind of the mix of these elemental planes, like kind of at their nexus where they're they're kind of touching, mix it with positive a bit of positive energy, you know, just just a pinch of negative energy, um, we can create new planes essentially. A little so bit of negative energy. You got to keep the vibes grounded. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to get a, you don't want to get a big head. Yeah. There's, there's got to be balance, right? I think uh, my grandparents had inner sphere problems, and they're yeah. just, they kept they, there wasn't enough balance. They were falling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the there's first world. There's first world, which was a plane. Then there was brave new world, which was a plane where everyone <laughs> just took soma and did orgies all the time. And was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, first the first of these fresh planes is aptly named the first world. So uh, the first world is essentially the Feywild from D&D, where it's, it's the land of the Fey, said to, and it's said that it was a dry run of creating the material plane, 
where the gods were like, oh, we want to create, they had this idea for like the material plane where they wanted to have as like a staging ground. It's like a giant dollhouse, a, a dollhouse the size of a universe. Well, okay. Um, so they, they create the first world with their servants, these, these custodians they call Elohim. Um, when the WikiHow guide on how to create a plane was done, they kind of like looked at the first world and said like, oh, I like this bit. This tree is too purple, so we're not going to do trees where yeah. I, we're in our tree new place. Tree is too you know? purple, right? first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the gods gave the first world to the Elohim to do with as they please and kind of just continue their, their wanton building and then created the material plane for themselves. Okay. Uh, as for why the gods did this, uh, it's obviously kind of unknowable. Uh, we know in, in modern day, you know, quote unquote Galarian, uh, the world is used as a staging ground for them to test their champions. They get some good worship out of it. Uh, they generally meddle in the affairs of mortals as, you know, fantasy gods do. Um, but back at the dawn of time, obviously things weren't so well documented. So, uh, it seems like a lot of them created this, this universe within a, within a larger universe, uh, and then just kind of let each other kind of go to different reaches of it. And, you know, I'm going to meddle with this planet. I'm going to meddle with that planet. It does seem like Galarian is kind of a nexus for a lot of gods where like a lot of them ended up here and end up, you know, meddling in various affairs. What's a nexus? Uh, because... What is a nexus? Is it like a home, magic home place? Nexus like is like... central point, basically. Nexus? Yeah, if you think of like a bunch of lines, like like if you think of like eight lines all, all drawn, like where they would all converge, kind of like a nexus. Okay, okay. Where things like overlap or converge. I only knew it in the uh, the StarCraft sense for it's like your your base as the Yeah, the Protoss. the main the main building as the Protoss. But that is also true like cuz a nexus is like the central the the most important point of a thing. Like the nexus is the central hub in Demon Souls cuz that's where all the teleporters lead out of, right? Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay, central hub. Got it. Yeah. Um so within the nearly infinite material plane, orbiting an otherwise unremarkable yellow sun is Galarian, planet prime of the Pathfinder setting. Okay. As we, as we said a few times now. Planet now, I, <laughs> I would call it... I know when I, when I wrote that sentence, I, I'll upload the, the script for the, uh, the patrons on, on Friday. Friday. Yeah. But uh, every P is capitalized in that sentence. Very nice. Oh, uh, hell yeah, dude. Or all, did you, all did you get a little are. chill, that little alliteration chill <laughs> yeah. down your spine? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so tactless I, teaming poles turns tolerance to tired taboos or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, that's, yeah. A, that's a shout out to Jamie and I's Drunken Night listening to music on Discord. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, um, beautiful. <laughs> so I, I'd call it Pathfinder's Earth. Uh, but Earth in Pathfinder lore is canonized. So um, there was an adventure path uh, called Rasputin Must Die by Brandon Hodge. Uh, and Earth cool. is Earth is canonically the home of Baba Yaga. So uh, she's back, baby. Exactly. It's a, it's officially canon because Baba Yaga exists in this universe, and she officially comes from Earth. As Baba we know. That's the Eastern European witch that lives in the woods. Yeah, the old Russian witch, basically. She's got the chicken leg house. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And or the mortar and pestle that she flies around in, right? Is that the same one? Yep, yep, same one. Okay. Two cars, Um, man. She's living it up. (laughs) I mean, I I mentioned it. We said it's like one of the most recurring characters in like any folklore is Baba Yaga. So I guess guess it kind of makes sense that she keeps coming up now that we've talked about her. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) What is it? Bader Meinhof 
phenomenon where you notice something. Once you've learned about something, you notice it a lot more, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we research it, and now that we, now that we know what it is, we, we see it all the time. And once you get a Honda Civic, you see Honda Civics everywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that exactly. Also, if you're just like poor in Quebec, you see them everywhere as well. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with a matte black hood that doesn't match the teal body. <laughs> uh, Ethan used to drive a Civic, and we had a, a Civic salute. Which is uh, I forgot how to describe this. Try and describe this. Oh my god! So so the way that you would do it is you would make a. a, a, a I take a screenshot. So you make a C with one hand, a V oh, on, where your a C in one hand, yeah. a V where your nose would be, and then a C on the other side of your eyes. So your eyes are yeah. the eyes in the Civic. And the C goes exactly. next to your I, V, and then C. So like, we would do this to, when we would drive by other Civics, but they would just we would just Yeah, why don't like you do it? And I'll screenshot it and post it in general without without explanation. Ethan's better. Like that? Okay. I don't remember. I used to do this to people all the time yeah. when I was driving. It's very dangerous. But... Uh, all right, I got it. And uh, all right, I'm dropping the bomb right now, live on live on air. Yeah. Okay. Good. But we, we thought it was very clever that we used our up. own eyes like Our ocular eyes, eyes as yeah. eyes for the, in the, yeah. for, for eyes it. for the letters get it yeah so on galarian <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe at the will of the gods or maybe just by happenstance creatures of the material plane uh settle or or take notice of this this newly created world like i said it, it does kind of become a nexus at some point but at this point in what's known as the age of creation um, things are things are relatively quiet. There's probably life, but probably simple life or non-intelligent. Yeah. Okay. Jawless fish. They're doing the they're they're doing the regular thing. They're just like let's not go too crazy. Exactly. Just big bugs and algae, please. Yeah. Uh, all of them were technically dinosaurs, though. Even the pterosaur. We're we're dinosaurs. So. <laughs> it's a uh, fantasy that I think that's <laughs> taking it back. Uh, I think uh, since we both log into the Lore Boys account, it thinks I'm you on YouTube, and I get a lot of like, check out the Cambrian explosion and all the weird animals that lived then. <laughs> but I don't watch I don't watch YouTube on the Lore Boys channel. Well, no, but you watch it on your own channel, you. but you log on to yours and you log on to the Lore Boys, right? And I log on to mine and I log on to the Lore Boys. So we have a well, middle connection. Are we getting like Lord. crop dusted with each other's algorithms? Like, yeah. What the fuck? Is sure. that why I started watching Steve MRE 1989? Probably. For sure. Almost for sure. God damn it. Because Instagram, listen, listen to the bonus episode uh, on the yeah. Patreon, but Instagram is clearly reading your Pokemon cards in your, in your Instagram story. Yes, they like, are. Google is definitely seeing like, oh, you both signed into this account you guys probably know each other yeah. okay yeah because only um, after i made like that one push like a uh, couple weeks ago i started getting uh yeah cool old animals i'm honestly i had way too much like i was tired with my current recommendations so i, I welcome the old animals <laughs> paleontology is great dude yeah. Uh, yeah but also the internet was a mistake uh i think we say it every episode now and uh, <laughs> there we go yeah it's our, it's our new our latest catchphrase we yeah. went from uh put that on a piece of corn to the internet was a mistake yeah number one mistake on the internet or something like lore voice uh, so one of the first races to inhabit uh, Galarian will be the Algolthu. Uh, now, I did say to you guys, either before the episode started, uh, maybe during the episode, but this, of all fantasy settings that we've covered, this one has the most bullshit fantasy names of anything. So nice. Algolthu is spelled A-L-G-H-O-L-L-T-H. Um, so just, just throwing that out there because it's too fun to not. We'll call um, it the uh, Ashley with the E I G H in the name. That is, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and these these guys are basically the same. They can also be called uh, Abeloth, I believe, or Abelis. Abeloth. Able. Yeah, they're Abelists. No, um, God. They, they they park in the handicapped spaces, and that was that that was the first great sin of of the yeah. play. <laughs> um, uh A B O L E T H, which are like, I guess, known um, monsters from D and D as well. Okay. So these guys are same creatures. They they share. They also share the name Abelith in Pathfinder. Just or I think more often referred to as Algothu, or more correctly, maybe referred to as Algothu, and then people. Too many people were like, this name is dumb. We're just calling them Ableist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys can click the first the first spoiler-tagged image because that's what we're looking at right now. Um, though they lived, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, though they lived in the planet's oceans, they did not evolve from simple aquatic life. Um, they're alien in most senses, large interstellar fish capable of sailing through the dark tapestry of space. Um, they're noted in a few places as one of the first creatures in the material plane period, to gain intelligence and build their own civilization. So I don't... Uh, Jamie, why don't you take a, a crack at uh, describing this this was, creature for the listeners? I was watching one of these YouTube videos today where they described the first animal that had blood ever. And the fossils in which they had... <laughs> it looked a lot like this. It was a fish with like long, stringy... Uh, like, uh, what do you call them? Tentacles? So this... It looks like a, a fish with like... It has a dorsal fin, kind of like a shark, but... More like a smaller fish, I would say, and then it has like the like tentacles all around. It has six eyes, like a spider kind of in the front. Red eyes. It's a green fish. Um, yeah. It doesn't have like the front arms of a fish, like the front two flappers. It only has back no. flappers instead of the it has front its tentacles. Yeah, it has tentacles. Yeah, I I think it's fair to say it's very Lovecraftian. Like it's it very yeah. very much like a Cthulhu or something like that. And that that's it's supposed to be like a cosmic horror essentially. Um, I mean, if you're watching the same uh, uh, YouTube videos that Jamie and I are being recommended about ancient Earth, uh, 600 million years ago was a fucking nightmare as far as uh, whatever animals were supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think of it as like the early game. Like if you were because like you don't have like these apex predators yet that you could that could kill other stuff. So everyone's just figuring it out. So even if you're not optimal, you can still oh, yeah, survive. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Evolution was learning how to draw, dude. It was yeah. crazy. That's, that's so fun. I wish we could like redo those things over again just to see what other kind of wacky shit would come up. But just yeah. a bunch of I angry mean, stick men trying to kill each other and fuck yeah. in the ocean is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sharks with the buzz saws and then like yeah, just like unnecessary limbs, teeth where they don't belong, and like they, just fun. Yeah, you know? it's fun. Yeah. yeah, you can't can't try cool cool strats. Like you can't try cool builds like a shark or a saw blade mouth. Yeah. You know, like, it, no, like can't do it anymore. It's not yeah. viable. It's not viable because, exactly because the other sharks already have used their their resources so perfectly that if you try yeah. and make a buzzsaw shark, it's gonna die before the six minute mark. You know, like it, yeah, it's gonna... <laughs> I've never seen a fossil of the entire thing's imprint, but I've seen like the jawbone. So I, it may just be some guy who discovered like a a coiled tooth ring and yeah. was just like, that was inside a shark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about it on your paleontology episode. They didn't Maybe, know yeah. where to put it at first. They're like, does it go on the top of the head? Does it go on the jaw? Does it go on the tail? And eventually yeah, like, they decided like, the jaw. It's like Helioprion or some shit. I remember yeah, somebody yeah, dropped yeah. the name in, in chat. I can't remember. Yeah. Um so from the adventure path, uh the lost outpost for, for Pathfinder, we know that the first of the Algolthu uh simply awoke one day in the primordial soup of an unknown planet. One day, just like consciousness, like uh, like puberty in a 13-year-old boy, 
awakening, you know, something, something about yeah. feet. They're just like, oh shit, I'm awake. Basically, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think primordial soup would taste like. You hear about a fishy. Lot. Um, yeah. actually, considering people probably know what it was ex- like made of, like you could probably Google what the primordial soup was made of. So I guarantee you can find out exactly what it tastes like. <laughs> it's probably it's probably acidic. It's probably sour. Is send my it to, guess. Send it to Steve Emmer. Um, so what what caused? Oh, and now we got a nice thing here from 420 million years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and he still fucking eats it. Yeah. Still like a cigarette and two pieces yeah, yeah. of gum and like a plastic wrap. It's yeah. just it's just eating like I don't know like dust at that point I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what what? Sorry, it would taste. Sorry, I keep pulling you out. It, what would start primordial soup taste like? They figured it out on Reddit, and it would taste like pain. Uh, it would incinerate no. <laughs> your tongue before you got anywhere near it. But by some magic, you could manage to survive it. It would taste a lot like rocks. Um, so there you go. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So okay. I think they're saying primordial soup would, is like the magma then, I yeah. guess. Not, that wouldn't not make like, any sense. It was, like, yeah. it was a liquid. Ah, this is yeah. disgusting anyway. for another time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We, you know, uh, we'll do it in our next episode. Reddit, Reddit's done. <laughs> the internet is a mistake. Uh, next episode, primordial soup lore, finally. Um, so uh, what caused this being to wake up uh, is, is known and unknown in the sense that uh, there was some quote, cataclysm in the sky above, which like snapped this thing into consciousness. Uh, what that cataclysm was, what it was caused by is kind of unknown. I-, I like the idea that like there was some, you know, dark God that was like, I'm going to wake this thing up because, you know, it's it's going to be a-, a cosmic horror for me, basically. Yeah. Um, but unconfirmed uh, at time of uh, at time of recording. Uh, each and every Algolthu uh, after this first one, remembers this event in something called their cellular memory. So it's cool. it's very much like this is actually Assassin's Creed lore, where uh, you know you you can go back into your genes and remember your genetic memory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your ancestors saw uh, same same principle, I guess. Okay. Uh, I think there's agree. some of that in people too. Like they they say like uh... fear of snakes is like a is like a is like a monkey thing that like still lives inside of us, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sorry, not to get. Yeah, you. No, yeah, so so similar, but this is like they remember, like they remember it, like it's remember. an actual memory for for all of them, basically. So it's Got not it. like, yeah, it's not like they all remember seeing a snake as a caveman, basically. Oh, okay. you know, like like hundreds of millennia. Later. That's cool. that's how I knew that I was going through puberty was that dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was unga bunga and saw a snake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. uh in, in the moments following the cataclysm, whatever it was, the Algolthu realized that they were the only creature it, on the planet that they could find capable of conscious thought. Uh, and so formed the... <laughs> you got like, just like squid fish, just like, holy fuck, dude, did you see that? And he just like turns and like smash yeah. cut to like the coral that he's been hanging out with and it doesn't react. And he's like smash cut back. I mean, exactly that. Exactly that, dude. Just, just like, like an al, like turns to his best friend, Algae. You know, like yeah. just, just bubbles, bubbles non-committally when, when he asks if he saw that. Uh, so um, they realize they're the only creature that the, around that's capable of conscious thought. They form a tenet of their unflinching doctrine uh, known as the, the dictums. Uh, the first dictum is all life exists to be controlled, presumably by them. Uh, they're like, no one else Bad is going to control. Guys. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're evil pretty much right off the bat. So yeah. Um, Death is a good form of control, for sure. So if something's acting out, you know, you can just kill it. 
Uh, but they soon realize that they're also mortal, like the helpless fish that, that they've been killing. So they've been eating and they've been, you know, surviving. But much like us, it seems like they're aging. So they develop a way to uh, consume their prey or prepare their prey in, in some way, use magic, who knows, uh, that allows them to bolster their own life forces. So as long as they continue to consume, they can be basically immortal. Um, <laughs> oh no, they had to eat the poor kelp that they were just talking to. Hey, Algie, if you, if you don't want me to eat, you just say something, buddy. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as, as this, this creature continues to glut itself, eventually it gets too dang fat, begins to split, the life force within it grew, uh, and the Algothu split into many. So we, we have reproduction, it just seems to consume enough life force or, or spirit force or something in, in Pathfinder lore, uh, like the, the soul is, is magic, magic is like harvested from souls basically, and there's a whole like, cosmology image that I had had in this draft that I was going to give you guys. I was like, this is going to get them way too off track, which is going <laughs> to take forever, which uh, happened anyway. So, um, But it seems like they're able to just like take the essence of the creatures they're eating to keep themselves uh, alive and then also to split into copies of themselves. And that's why what all of them... What is mitosis? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something okay. like that. Um, that's what you say after you stub uh, your foot. Yeah, and if, when you're talking to your sister, yeah. I hit my toes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my toes. <laughs> That's going on to the loser list, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Try that one with uh, analysis, but you, you... <laughs> I feel an anal sis. Yeah, or anal why, sis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so they they figure out reproduction. That's why all of them remembers that like you know, their their own big bang of that cataclysm in the sky because they when they're copied, they're like literal copies of, of themselves. So every algo through forever will always have that memory like vividly okay. in their head. They don't like elephants, they don't forget. Okay. Um uh so it's growing, it's it's splitting, uh it's reproducing or, or as best it can, I guess. Um and it's it's thriving, honestly. Nice. Like how boss this thing is this thing's <laughs> this thing's out here. Um, they seem to share some sort of consciousness. I don't think it's like a hive mind. So I, I do think they are individual, but since they split from like exact copies of themselves, obviously like personality wise, they're, they're very much in agreement and they, they kind of do view their own lives in a lot of senses as, as less relevant, like, you know, give up the one for the many seems to be like a pretty pervasive uh, feeling throughout the story. Um, so they see their planet with life because uh, as we said, life exists to be controlled. So they want more life for them to control and for them to also continue to subsist on. Uh, they form a global empire, as near as we can tell, the first empire, quote-unquote, in, in the known universe, uh, run by their slaves, uh, which they ruled over for untold millennia. You know, call it 10, call it 100, doesn't really matter. Uh, eventually, all parties must end, of course. This one did with a violent slave revolt. Classic, huh? Uh, <laughs> so... While the Algolf only were... that was more common, frankly. <laughs> Honestly, rise up. Uh, we're all slaves. Uh, while the Algolf were powerful, their slaves were cunning and vastly outnumbered the Algolf. So at some point in in the breeding fish to feed on, uh, they made smart fish by mistake. Uh, probably didn't realize it in their arrogance and their hubris. Who knows? Maybe they were intentionally doing it so the smart fish could like build pyramids for them and stuff. 
Or they uh, did it, yeah. Or they did it on purpose. Like it's like, well, I I don't want to do the math to like have a stable stable structure. So what we're gonna do is breed like yeah. a race of of intelligent engineering fish. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, I don't really want to solve problems okay. between them either. So then you've got your Pythagoras again, fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a um, fish, but they took the headphone jack away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Smart exactly. Yeah, smart fish, yeah. yeah, well, when the fish eleven rises up against us, then I'll yeah, then I'll yeah, start yeah. more. <laughs> exactly. And Steve um, Jobs threw a fish, and no bubbles came out of it when he threw it in the aquarium. Yeah, and that's yeah. how he knew it was a, a proper smart exactly. fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they, they, they're outnumbered. They they can't really hold ground against their slaves. They're they're driven further back. The slaves rounded them up. We're slaughtering them wholesale whenever they got a chance. Just like hey. We know you guys are bastards. We're only going to kill you. No negotiating. You know, um, desperate. So Mel Golthu gave themselves up and began to merge back together. Kind of set, kind of like I said before, uh, give up yourself for the many. Um, oh. They form these more powerful ve- beings. Excuse me. So Al Golthu, stupid name like that. When they, oh, you get a bunch of them together, like a rat king, jam them all together until they, they fuse. Uh, they're just called Veiled Masters, which is... That's just such an easy and simple name compared Veiled? to Al Golthu. Yeah. Veiled <laughs> Masters? Yeah. Yeah. So, Masters. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we, we essentially have like a CEOs now, I guess, or we have, we have the board um, basically of, of these beings. Um, okay. it, it's the, they're, they're like smarter. They're, they're more magically powerful. They're, there's a lot of benefits to being a Veiled Master, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's they these all have few... more shares of the primordial sea, basically. A- exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's these few who begin working on an exit strategy for them uh, and who would eventually crack the code on interstellar travel. So th- these are the guys who who finally figured it out. And they, they're working on this. The the wiki said for like, I didn't find the source, but the wiki was like for at least like 80 years. They were basically just working on this while like the slave revolts were just still happening, still killing Al Golthu by the, by the score, by the hundreds, by the thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, fewer than a, a thousand Al Golthu led by a handful of veiled masters remain. So oh, you know, there's okay. there's like a fi- five 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 kings and uh, whatever a th- uh, like eight hundred reed basically. It's like a zero um, dawn situation. You gotta like <laughs> they're locked about yeah. just throwing lives at a situation, and so they can eventually hopefully figure out how to save themselves. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine when they were making this uh, fantasy setting in whatever two thousand and nine, they could have foreseen that it is exactly what billionaires are currently doing with uh, <laughs> yeah. burning the atmosphere to cinders and also experimenting with getting themselves to space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, they they know they need to to leave basically uh the veiled masters have been working for decades like i said on two powerful glyphs so it seems like the most powerful magic that they have access to is somehow tied to these glyphs or like runes or like some form of writing that they can do uh which can hold very very powerful magic okay uh the first when completed open portals to a bunch of other worlds for them to go to seed populate you can guess what one of the worlds was um oh, was of- Earth? well yeah galarian okay okay yeah uh, maybe it was Earth too. I don't know. We don't know what lies in the deep. Uh, we know less about the the ocean floor than we do about the moon, right? Yeah. Um, all all of them, except for a lone veiled master, uh, left through these portals, through these doorways. Okay. The last, not wanting to give up the control they valued so highly, remained behind to activate the second glyph. This one, when activated, would destroy their world utterly. Oh. Kind of like I said at the top of their 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 little bit, uh, death is an effective means of control as well. <laughs> you know, so okay, they yeah. just said, if we can't have it, no one can. Blew it all yeah. up. 
Um, maybe also feared that they would, you know, be followed or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so they arrive on Galarian. When they do, however, they encounter another race already there. But more on them after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, Six. I actually started recording. I thought you were gonna cut me off. Five. No, okay, I know, four. I know. That's, I know that you're expecting me to cut. You okay, off, but... two, three, two. <laughs> okay, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on one or on go? How are we yeah, doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take it top. Peter, uh, Peter messed it up. Jeez, Louise. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 15, sorry, sorry, sorry. Fourteen, <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. Obviously, we've been recording for too long. Uh, the the. Kilmorn, here's the second uh, difficult name to, to say. So X-I-O-M-O-R-N. Zeomorn? What? X-I-O-M-O-R-N. Zeomorn? We'll say Zeomorn. Or it might be she. Yeah, that's what I was, I was, when I was writing it, I was like, I'm going to go she. And then I said it once out loud just now. And I said, I don't like that. I'm going Zeomorn. Okay. Uh, the Zeomorn are a, are a race. Yeah, <laughs> and she moves. She moves. She mor- yeah, she more Um The Zeomorn are a race of primeval elemental outsiders, original or uh, originating from the elemental plane of Earth. So okay. rock, okay. Uh, the plane of rock and stuff. Cool. Anybody uh, out there? Any uh, young writers out there? That is too complicated. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> they were created at the dawn of time by the elemental lord Serazul. Uh, they were four-armed creatures made of stone with an insectile head, thorax, and upper limb. Cool. Some are slightly bigger with four legs, while the smaller ones have only two legs. And you guys can uh, unspoiler the next two images in the Discord. I got get go ahead. Go oh, ahead, that's Pete. awesome! Holy go ahead, shit. Pete, take a crack at describing those. Yeah, the top one is like a it, it is like a beetle centaur made entirely of like emeralds, which is very fucking cool. And then the one below that is an angrier beetle wearing like a cloak, but also with like an like a glowing emerald core. Very, yeah. very, very cool. Um, I'm so glad you pointed out the emerald core because Sarazul uh, is is what's known as a a lord of the the plane of Earth, basically the an elemental lord. Um, there was eight in total, or at least when when these were created, so four good and four bad. Uh, and Sarazul specifically is like the lord of gemstones. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so why don't why don't Jamie you you could start 
the reward for this will be $100 if you can tell me how many Zeomorns were created. And it's got to be exact. No over-under. Like, what's a, can I get a clue? Like, is it the different types of stones or just how many of the dudes, the... the, the... How, how many of the dudes were created? It's just a random shot in the dark. And I'm, I'm only asking you to go through this exercise to uh, highlight something ludicrous that I'm going to say in a second. So don't overthink. <laughs> you're not gonna get the hundred dollars i was gonna I, I was gonna video game say eight because that's a good number for, okay yeah, okay yeah eight peter how many how many zeomorns do you think were created uh i mean i'll take i'll i'll bet 50 because you kind of buried the lead there we're saying it's ludicrous i'm gonna say something stupid like one trillion okay we'll split the difference so uh it was sixty five thousand five hundred and thirty six. Cool. No, no more, no less. Uh, ex- exactly <laughs> wow. 65,536 Zeomorns were created because Sarazul had found a sublime, sublime jewel in the plane of Earth, and that was exactly how many facets it had. Oh. So she decided to create her, her children exactly that many, one for each facet. I almost like, said twelve for like one for every one of the birth stones or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, nothing close. Like Tell that, us in Discord what your birthstone is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then your credit card number, and uh, don't forget the number on the back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. So while appreciating her fledgling creations, however, uh, another lord of the plane of, the, plane of Earth, one of the evil ones, uh, known as Erzul, the fossilized king, uh, would betray Sarazul. Oh. He trapped her within a crystal, which would come to be known as the Moaning Diamond, uh, and the Zeomorn would grow up motherless and with a wicked stepfather in her place. Um, okay. I like to think, Lord Boy's canon, the, the Moaning Diamond was that very crystal that she loved with all the facets that uh, one one for each that she created her children, but that's not written anyway. That's like that I could they, find anyway. It's if, it, like if they, they trapped us in a, a, a wiki page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> when we dive, maybe that'll that's what'll happen. Is we'll live on in a wiki page, guys. I don't want to be <laughs> imprisoned forever next to a muted, tiny version of a screen junkies video. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wikia.fandom always has that shit bypass ad blocker or whatever, where yeah. it's always yeah. just like, oh, an honest trailer of of death loop i'm like i don't i don't give a and you can't even rest easy because it says citation needed next to your name for all eternity it's like yeah oh, no. <laughs> um, your, your first mistake is using ad blocker dude that shit's owned by google doesn't do anything <laughs> I, have, I have the green one the green shield i don't know which one okay. that is yeah okay. i use post-it uh, notes on the sides of my screen so when i see an ad i just kind of move it right over on top i only that, use my that's... i only use my computer with the monitors turned off so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so Erzul traps Sarazul and basically presents himself to the Zeomorn and the Zeomorn seemed to not have like a good memory of Sarazul so it seemed to happen like right as she was creating them she got tricked or it took them a while to come to like get object permanence and, and stuff you know right. uh, whichever it was it's, it's pretty unclear but Erzul steps in as the, uh, the the wicked stepfather like I said he shows them a false image of their own annihilation, which was actually from uh, another another race of people who are undergoing their own extinction event far across the universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he basically says, like, this is going to happen to you guys unless, you know, I can help you, basically. And then he says, I, so I can help you, but 
I need more power to show you the solution. I like I can feel it's there, but I just can't quite get it. So you guys need to kill a quarter of yourselves. I'll let you choose them. Pick, just pick pick twenty five percent. Kill them. I'll absorb their life ess- life essence, their soul, and then I'll have enough power to help you guys. Um, the zeal mourner like that's really fucked up, dude. Like why would why would you even suggest that? Uh, that reminds but- me when I read the lottery in fifth grade. I was mm-hmm. like eleven. It was, yeah. a, it was a very strange time to present that to children. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is heavy, but it's it's a pretty common read, at least in the Quebec education system for like, yeah. I don't I don't know if grade five is normal, but I think seven, eight, certainly normal. Yeah, I um, remember my teacher. We all thought she was British, but she was Dutch. It's how they oh. teach you about the Canadian healthcare system. It's because, yes, it's free, <laughs> but there's only yeah. enough spaces for three out of four of you to get that transplant you need. At what cost? Yeah. If you can't get the transplant, you get stoned to death by the, the rest. I mean, that's yeah. just socialism, baby. And then the doctor absorbs your life essence so he can help the other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's free, but sometimes you end up imprisoned in a, in a, 12, in a 67,000 sided diamond for all yeah, eternity. Like, oh, whatever. It. Yeah. It's it's free, but sometimes, you know, you we need to take your mythic essence out of you and 25% or 20, you know, 24.999% of the rest of the population uh, and then give it to an evil earth god, basically. Someone, someone, claiming, someone, someone claiming to be our king shows us us a picture of the American healthcare system and is just like, this could be you, and you're like, no, I'll kill everyone you see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill anyone you want, not that, please. They don't have the budget to trap us into diamonds. Of course, we'll just be stuck in our little Medicare card, you know, in the little... Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. I'm going to be one of those fucking scorpions at a gift shop in the plastic cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, Serizul had created the Zeomorn with something known as Mythic Essence. Uh, Erzul needed that to show them how they could survive. So they say, rather than killing a quarter of ourselves so you can have their Mythic Essence and their life force, we'll sacrifice half of our Mythic Essence, which is, is kind of vague what a Mythic Essence was. Uh, but the difference in pictures that you guys see, the big guy has his Mythic Essence. Uh, oh. The little guy has lost his Mythic basically. So oh, they're, okay. they're, centaur to beetle basically yeah it, it seems to be like magic power and like things that you can do uh are, are the mythic essence is needed to like cast some spells or, or do some things okay um so they give up ha- the essence of half of their uh species so 32,468 give up their <laughs> mythic essence <laughs> 32,468 don't give up their essence basically okay. um Erzul, in exchange, gave the Zeomor knowledge of something called the Vault Seeds, each of which was capable of creating an immense and secure underground cavern, wherein the Zeomorn could breed various forms of life that might be able to save them from their prophesied doom. So Erzul tells them, you guys need to take these Vault Seeds, go create life, and eventually you guys will, will get the, the, you know, the formulas right if you keep trying, and you'll breed some species of creature which will be able to save you from, from the doom that's coming. Okay. So so now their their stick is like go to places and do genetic experiments on to to get life to to pop up basically. Um only those Zeomorn who had kept their essence were able to use the vault, vault seeds so it requires mythic essence to use the vault seeds. Uh so they become known as vault builders. Uh those who had lost their mythic essence were tasked with upkeep and so became known as vault keepers. Okay. So basically one of them can use the vault seeds to uh, the big guys can use the vault seeds to create the vault. 
Uh, and then the uh, the little guys will just stay there and kind of tend to the experiments and the life that that's kind of growing. Their hands look very good for uh, mowing the lawn and things like that. Those little yeah, guys. Ho- ho- I mean, hoeing the garden. They can hoe the garden pretty good garden. for sure. Yeah. yeah, scratch your back. Oh, that feels nice. Picking yeah. individual individual seeds out of a out of a pot, not so much. No, yeah, not so much. <laughs> no fingers, no digits. Yeah. <laughs> um. Quickly realizing biodiversity in the plane of Earth was too limited to support uh, proper ecosystems within the vaults. The Zeomorn opened portals to um, the material plane and other planets within it uh, where they might build these vaults. Cue the Spider-Man meme, uh, the Spider-Man pointing meme, as these two alien races, neither of them native to Galarian, both kind of appear on Galarian around the same time. Uh, one is escaping an actual extermination event at the fault of their own hubris and evil, and another one running from the prophecy of, of one which would supposedly come, which was implanted in them by evil. Okay. So, uh, norm- normal, normal shit, right? Yeah. Um, at first, things were pretty chill, with the Algothu remaining in Galarian seas and oceans, while the Zeomorn would rule the lands. You got fish people, you got rock people. Why can't they coexist, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they needed their own uh, Romeo and Juliet, but just uh, it didn't happen. Everybody dies in the end, it turns out. <laughs> no, that's the B-52's uh, rock lobster is the story yeah. of what the, the, yeah. world, the rock of the Wow. Wow. He is the true messiah to unite all people. <laughs> the rock, rock lobster. lobster. Yeah. We were listening to that. There's like an extended off the radio cut. And by the end, oh the, my they're God. just shrieking into they're the mic. They're just making noises into the the mic it's yeah. crazy um so uh there's a war primordial empires go to war if they're like hey you know a, a rock could never love a lobster um <laughs> zeomorns <laughs> a rock can never i like that a rock can never love a lobster. zeomorns being rocks much like lobsters don't really die in traditional ways um they can't they can't reproduce uh, when a vault builder approaches what can be described as a natural death, they form a crystal known as a generation stone. From this stone, other vault builders can simply implant the stone into a new body they've molded out of rocks to give the deceased new life. All their memories intact. Like, you didn't really die. You just went into a coma for a bit. They put your hard drive into a new PC rig, and you have all your old files. Okay. Cool. Uh, however, if one is killed and cannot produce the generation stone in time, they're destroyed forever. Oh my god, hey guys! Not to pull you off topic again, but I will pull you off topic. Uh, did you guys see the? <laughs> did you guys see uh, that in England they got these robots that are running off of rats' brain impulses now? Oh, I did see what? that. I, I I opened the link and I said, "This is uh, horrors beyond comprehension for me." I I have to close. Cannot handle. Yeah. This. So they yeah. have it linked up, and then they have this robot. And it like skitters across the floor, or like will drives yeah. across the floor, but. And then it looks like confused because it like keeps backing up and stuff. And I just picture like yeah. a tortured rat trying to figure its yeah. way around. Um, Man made horrors beyond comprehension. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know it. what you're talking about, but I I don't like it. No, I me neither. It. It's it, awful. Yeah. I was like, maybe it's just like randomly firing, and it's not actually a rat. Like, but we don't know, right? And oh man, I mean, kind of the same concept though. So the the vault builders they. Uh, voluntarily put their brain into a, a robot and who knows how many rats they had to kill to get this technology. Yeah. Uh, for vault keepers, the little guys, they can be created by vault builders using vault seeds. So they can be created in the vaults basically, but the number of them can never exceed 32,468. 
So they're 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 capped basically. They can never oh, have more. I can't than believe each- there's a fucking server queue for birth. In yeah. this right? fucking- <laughs> yeah. Need more supply beacons or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's supply cap. Um, so as a result, any long term war is not really ten- tenable for the Zeomorn, right? Uh, they have yeah, yeah. they have one one. They're stronger. Uh, they're stronger class, I guess, or whatever. The stronger people. Uh, the vault builders are in finite supply. Once they're dead, they're they're dead forever. No, nothing else can create them except for a, a goddess trapped in a diamond. Um, then the other ones, you can't even you can't make more than a certain number. Um, it's probably like a, they're probably very much into duels to resolve issues. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the little guys are like, I don't, I don't care, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they they realize pretty quickly that you know war is going to cost them more than these other creatures who conversely don't really care if they live or die because the the whole will will continue right like another yeah. uh, algal soul will, will be born and will have all the same thoughts and feelings as them kind of like uh in star trek the the teleportation technology is like you get vaporized at one point and perfectly recreated at another point yeah. which is just like horrifying in some regards because you're like does my con- how does my consciousness continue from one to the other but it like yeah. it would seamlessly from everyone else's point of view right after um, eight years whenever you've replaced every cell in your body are you the same person that you were eight yeah. years ago or what yeah. like is there continuity uh, the picard exactly. of theseus if you take yeah. a, a, a ship apart one piece at a time and put it back together is it the same yeah. ship or, yeah, yeah the ship of picard yeah um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah, so so they realize like oh the algal fool kind of have this edge where like they don't they don't care if they go through the teleporter and are just remade later on like it, it doesn't bother them so like we're only going to lose this they they leave Galeria at that point right. uh, almost all of them flees the planet except for a few you know which you could put in your campaign if you're playing and say like you you meet one who's like buried deep underground he's just like a custodian still working in a vault or that cool yeah um in the ensuing years intelligent life would begin to appear in Galarian in what would come to be known as the Age of Serpents so finally. Life on the planet is starting to get intelligent as well. We've had these two kind of juggernauts have their own little war in the age of creation. Now we're moving into the age of serpent. Um, so named because of the rise of the serpentine Naga, who create a sprawling empire and rule over ma- many other creatures, including proto-humans. Cool. Uh, um, the Naga, or worm folk, as they are derogatorily known, come in a range of varieties who share the same general shape, a long serpentine body with a humanoid head. Now Naga oh, is that's awful. Uh, so the next the next spoiler image is a, an example of a Naga. Um, they are a lot of those farming golden pearls and wow, classic. Yeah, in World of Warcraft, I mean yeah. they're kind of pervasive, pervasive through like a lot of fantasy. They they come from Buddhist uh, Sanskrit. Um, oh okay. Tibet Tibetism uh, and Taoism, I think. Um, but they're just commonly re- like these semi divine beings, which are are made of of like the blend of snake and. I much more imagine the Dommy snake mommies from uh, XCOM 2, and this thing is much, much worse. Yeah, yeah. so unlike the Naga in uh, World of Warcraft, these these guys don't have arms or, like, really any semblance of an upper body. It really yeah. is just a snake with a head. Yeah. Um, it is kind of cool, uh, just to compare it to, like, Quetzalcoatl, because it, it does kind of look like it's got, like, a feathery headdress. It does look kind of Aztec-y, and it's covered in, like, jewels and bangles and shit. My favorite part about... Um, about adding the pictures for you guys is the details that Pete picks on because it's always the next beat that I'm. It's so often the next beat that I'm. I'm gonna Sorry, no, no, <laughs> it's, it's, I honestly love it. Exactly, it's, it's perfect. So, um, oh, let me say something are... too. 
it looks like uh, I'd want to kiss it on the mouth. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> that like snake tongue. Yeah, yeah. So Not the next uh, beat, but that's the that's the second beat. <laughs> yes. So they enslaved proto humans to build their pyramids for them, and they did so ah. by kissing them, kissing them on the mouth and lips. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> no, that's not, that's that last part. Sorry. True. Uh, so they they did enslave like a bunch of different races. They enslaved like humans and furries and uh, you know uh, dark humans basically. Um, Damn, two out of three. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so according to myth, they are the children of the goddess Ravithra, uh, appropriately the goddess of snakes. Ravitha cared for her children and worked to gain slaves to serve the Naga. So we're kind of like teaching them to be evil and teaching them to take slaves. And okay. you don't have hands or arms or thumbs or an upper body. So who's going to build your pyramids? You guys clearly can't. You guys can lie on the ground and be the logs that they roll the giant boulders over, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's the best you can hope for. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ancient but, snake theorists believe yeah, that's how they built Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> so the first to serve uh, would be actually be Ravithra's sister, Janasini, the goddess of birds. Um, and Janasini created the Garudo, uh, who if you unclick the next spoiler tag, you will see where those uh, feathered headdresses might have come from. Uh, these, yes, these guys are, are kind of kind of enemies to each other. So it, it's very bird cool people thing. essentially. Very but cool. yeah, he, very very uh, like Peter says, Aztecian or like South American fired yeah. bird people essentially. Um, so from the origin of the Gerudo, published by Paizo, legend tells that Janasini made an unwise wager with her sister Ravithra, the goddess of nagas and snakes. Ravithra cheated, and Janasini lost and became the slave of Ravithra's Naga children. Sudachala, the first of Janasini's Garuda children, offered to complete any task to free his mother. The Nagas demanded a legendary bowl of nectar said to rest atop the tallest mountain in Vudra. Sudachala flew to the mountain and overcame many obstacles to retrieve the bowl. As Sudachula flew back, the god Gruhastha appeared and told Sudachula that the nectar was the elixir of immortality. The wicked Nagas had, tri had tried to trick Sudachala into stealing the elixir from the gods' hiding place so they could drink it and live forever. Sudachala alighted in front of the waiting Nagas, placing the bowl on some sedge grass, and the Nagas freed Janasini from servitude. But when the Nagas tried to drink from the bowl, they cut their tongues on the sharp grass. For as Sudachala and Gruhasta had planned, the god had whisked the true elixir away, leaving only an illusion in its place. Since then, Garudas have been the mortal enemies of Nagas. Only the most depraved and outcast Garuda would knowingly associate with any kind of aberrant serpent. Okay. So uh, Ravastini tried to give her children, or Ravithra, sorry, uh, tried to give her children immortality by uh, kidnapping her sister, telling her sister's son, go fetch me this elixir of immortality and feed it to my children. Um, but they were thankfully, that was thankfully avoided by uh, another god stepping in and, and basically being. I just, I love that story so much. It's so like, classic like middle eastern folklore like the the yeah. of the samor or whatever or, or like even like uh, like theseus or something or uh, odysseus you know yeah tra traveling and like overcoming these obstacles to uh, achieve this elixir of the gods only to find that they were tricked by a god all on along. the kind of uh, middle eastern theme there uh janicini i was just like oh that sounds kind of like janissary and i googled it like i tried to pull up the clip in the meantime to see if there was some kind of like cheeky ottoman reference but yeah. uh in the end too clever by a half uh there is <laughs> there is no bird themed shit uh, in any of these google photos okay yeah uh you can look up the legend of Samor, who's a like middle eastern uh bird god Le legendary okay. bird um so despite not attaining immortality... Articudo, Zapdos, Sumor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
A legendary bird type. Yeah. Ahmed Ketchum got him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so despite not attaining immortality, the Naga still rose to power on the Vujra Peninsula, established a powerful empire. Like I said, they founded their servants elsewhere, not with the Garuda, but with humans, with cat folk, um, dark humans, things like that. The humans built great palaces and temples where the Nagas could live and be worshipped while unintentionally teaching humans the secrets of masonry and engineering. So what you guys prophesied before uh, is canonical with these guys. Uh, Oops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so still in the Age of Serpents, it is held by some scholars that elves also appeared on Galarian. Though that, I, I hated this line where it's there's there's like lots of talk and there's there's, you know, official sources that say like, Oh, it's it's unclear whether they came from uh, Galarian itself, like evolved organically on the planet, or if they came from the planet's nearest neighbor in the solar system. Um, but in the ancient city of El, on the planet Castrovel, not not Galarian, so this is the its neighbor planet, basically the Venus of the solar system. Okay, uh, it it's like way like according to archaeological records, it's like way older than any elven cities on Galarian. So they're like. We don't know which they came from first, but like one city is like way older, and there's no evidence on Galarian that there was elves before then. Um, so I'm gonna say Lord Boys Cannon. They just came from another planet, which which is fine for your fantasy setting. Let yeah. it happen. Um, so it's likely that they ventured to Galarian somehow during the waning years of the Age of Serpents, settled here without ever really making significant contact with the Naga Empire. Um, they settled someplace called the Fangwood originally, but. Then kind of spread out. Regardless of their origin, the Elven civilization was one of the earliest civilizations to sprout up that remains to this day in some sense. Um, but surprisingly, and, and I mean that kind of sincerely, it wasn't too long before a fledgling human civilization would come into contact with them. And why I say surprisingly, because like you don't, in a, a lot of fantasy settings, it's like, oh, elves are the old ones who've been around forever, you know, and they're, they're immortal and they, they had their, their tree houses before, you know, when we were still smashing rocks together. Um, yeah, well, that's because that that's because everybody reveres Tolkien. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but surprisingly, you know, this huge fledgling human civilization would come into contact with them, uh, and the period kind of shifts to what's known as the Age of Legend. Uh, we're still like, we're we've gone from prehistory to kind of history now, okay. but like ancient history. So this is still like it's it's five thousand BC uh, in canon, I guess. Uh, and I actually didn't look up what the current current year is but probably like probably like six thousand years ago essentially from okay. when when you would you would set your your campaign uh if you're just playing kind of more vanilla um so the the human empire um is is or rises excuse me from the aslanti people uh they're little more than small tribes at the time uh when one day they are approached by a powerful wizard who says he can teach them how to control magic. So there's just these kind of tribes and this this other human walks up to them and says like, hey guys, I figured out this really cool thing, how to make fire. It turns out it's just, you snap your fingers and you say a magic word, oh, fire. All, all you gotta do <laughs> is kill a quarter of your population. And all <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so this didn't come for free is the next line I have written, of course. And you may have guessed that in return, the wizards would enslave those humans who didn't have the influence to become spellcasters in their own right. Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> More enigmatic wizards appeared following the first. These figures would rule this human, hem this first human empire in many ways. So from what I gather, they're kind of like man behind the curtain. 
where it's like, hey, you know, we gave yeah. you all this power. We're still way more powerful than even your strongest spellcasters. Like you got to kind of do what we say. And that's going to include, you know, building us some, building us some palaces, building us some pyramids, things like that. Um, but it does seem like there are like human leader, human led like leaders or, or sorry, uh, Aslanti leaders who are like legitimately uh, on the throne. Uh, so this was the birth of the Aslanti Empire. Uh, it spread wide, even as almost all of mankind, all of all of its people were, were enslaved. Um, while the visiting wizard did increase humanity's understanding of magic to an incredible degree, there were still some secrets that he held from them. Like I said, the wizards were like, we're still going to be more powerful. We're not going to teach you everything. Yeah. Uh, most notably was glyph magic. Okay. They withheld math. And they're like, no, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> Pretty much. Then all their then all their pyramids collapsed. They yeah, of course. Don't want any sides on that pyramid. <laughs> they tried to make it out of digons instead of trigons. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> um, so a human visionary named Zin was the first to discover the secrets of glyph magic on his own. And then he showed it to other Aslanti. So he's, he's a revolutionary, basically. Uh, they soon discovered... That the source of the, these mysterious wizards was none other than the Al Gulf, who we did ah. reference earlier as uh, knowing glyph magic. It turns out they've learned how to make themselves appear via illusion magic as humans, and they've kind of been walking and building their own second empire uh, here. This is known as the second Al Gulf Empire. So now they've got the like anglerfish lure that looks like a like a a, a thinly uh, like a thinly disguised anglerfish lure with like a wizard cloak on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just <laughs> the it's a magician. It's like a crappy magician's wand with the flowers that poke out of the end at the end yeah. of the anglerfish's <laughs> dangle. That's our art from the E three episode. E3, Not quite. Yeah, yeah but yeah. twenty seventeen. Like, like yeah. yeah, five years ago. There's two signatures <laughs> on that one because that was a funny joke a friend of mine came up with that I just like <laughs> repurposed and I had him send me a signature for it. <laughs> um, so uh, they discover this the Algolthu and they say like that's fucked up. You're like not wizards. You're weird, evil fish people and trying to enslave us. Um. Hate when that happens. You know, <laughs> I've been working without pay for this long, and I just figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yada yada yada. The humans are like, okay, no more. We got an, we got everything we need from you. Thank you for the help, but you guys got to go. Uh, the Algolthu, big on control, don't really like that, but also don't really want all at war. They, you know, they didn't. It didn't go well for them last time, uh, and they know there's still a lot more humans than there are Algolthu. Uh, so they they're using subterfuge and sabotage this time. They're they're okay. seeding dissent among the Aslanti and their their other human allies. They assassinate leaders. They spy, cheated, steal what they can. Uh, but all of it only strengthened the resolve of humans. So anytime you know a leader got assassinated, um, somebody ran on the campaign. No more assassinations by El Golthu. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> turned out to be effective. I guess uh, it seemed like the end of the second El Golthu Empire was unavoidable. A summit was called, so, you know, uh, G6 summit. Uh, oh, oh, a, so everybody took their private psychic fish to the, yeah, to, to exactly. the summit to tell us what we were doing wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Right. It's like, we, we've got a real global crisis on our hands. The slaves are revolting again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the summit's called uh, El Golthu representatives from across all worlds, a council known as, here's, here's the one of the last stupid words of the day, Mahal Sustru. Okay. That is M H A L S S T H R U. Uh for the for the scorekeepers at home, that's consonants in a row. L S S T H R. Mahal Mahalsru. Mahal 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 Um 
So this that's the council of of like the yeah. the G6 council of the Algolthu. They're they're we get we gave the Algolthu veto power and we don't know how yeah. to take it away from them. What what's stupid because like as near as I can understand like a bunch of Algolthu get together, mash themselves together, you know, uh, carbon carbon into diamond themselves into something that they named Veiled Master. And it seems like these Mahalsthru are like even the they must be the smarter fish, right? So it's like a bunch of veiled masters mashed together, and they're like, no, no, we're we're done with that naming system. We're going with Mahalsthru this time. I I, just, I don't know. I mean, I'm frustrated by the the spelling of some of these words, but I don't know why they went with veiled master for the one. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, at least well, at least follow your own fucking rules, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so they they come up with a plan, the Mahalsthru. Uh, while the humans break ties with them, uh, the humans reclaim Aslant for themselves, and they're driving out any Algol who remain upon the continent that they can find. Uh, they weren't actually met with much resistance, though. Um, the Algol through are, are just like, cool, you can have the continent. It's yours. Uh, indeed, unbeknownst, or maybe just unnoticed by most humans, the elves also seem to be leaving many of the forests that they once called home. Um, many Algol through leave Galarian around this time, some of them venture to the very depths of the seas and just kind of disappear from all contact. Uh, the Malhasru gathered its knowledge and wisdom into a lone single-celled organism. So it, it has all the, the knowledge of one of its strongest things. They use magic to put it into a single, a single cell, basically. Okay. Uh, the elf diviners and astronomers had foreseen the event that would come to be known as Earthfall. Much like last time, the Algolthu weren't so chill about all this. Uh, they planned to destroy all life on the planet that had turned on them. They said, we can't control you. You got to go, basically. This time, they're, they're not trying to destroy the planet itself. Just, just all life on it. Um, they used their glyphs to reach deep into space and tether a fragment of an unborn planet known as the Star Stone. So it's kind of like you see pictures of Earth circa, you know, uh, 9 billion uh, post-Big Bang. Um, and it's just like a glowing s- sphere of like molten rock and like yeah, yeah, constant yeah. volcanoes and magma. And if you tried um, to eat it, it would taste like pain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they wreath that in destructive magic and slowly begin dragging it towards Galarian, where an impact would destroy all life on the planet. Why would they wreath it in magic? Would the impact of a second planet not have done enough damage? So, uh, I mean... To be a hundred percent sure, it's like it's like it's like having a bomb with a gun taped to it. Like it's, <laughs> so, I think a better analogy is taking not a bomb but like a nuke. It's they they wreath it in in radiation. Okay, so that anything that happens to survive will be poisoned after the fact. Okay, basically, uh, which is probably like an actual allegory for weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Um, thankfully for us, though, they all go through. We're not the only masters of the Aslanti. So in the in the millennia or, or centuries maybe that that the empire had kind of been building, uh, they did find some gods to worship. Uh, Akavna, uh, their goddess of the moon in battle, obviously wasn't about to go down without a fight. When she hears about the Algolthu's plan or, or realizes what the Algolthu are planning, she pulls one of Galarian's moons from its orbit just in time to intercept the Starstone. But that was not enough. So maybe it it slowed the impact, but did not stop it. It also uh, tore the meteor and the moon into millions of pieces uh, and didn't effectively deflect anything. So, I mean, she tried. She tried, right? She's physically manifest to do all this. 
So she ends up getting pierced by thousands of pierced pieces of of debris. Yeah. Uh, and she sustains the lethal wound. So that's the, the death of a god. Uh, the meteor fragments descend with devastating impact. They wreak havoc on the landscape, continue raining down for weeks. The co- continent of Islantil was entirely obliterated. The world was plunged into darkness as ash rose into the sky. Uh, another Aslantal god, Amaznan, distraught by the death of, of Akavna and seeing the terrible destruction, sacrifices himself to undo the poisonous magic the Algolthu had layered upon the Starstone. So, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm picturing like, all this death, destruction, awful history, and then like a bunch of just like slightly pudgy dudes in a circle drinking Mountain Dew and laughing at Dice Rose. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like, are these the gods you worship? Says a guy, a guy who's like tits sweat through yeah. his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> No, not even like the players either, but like the player characters. Anybody who's played in a D and D game, you know, there's always like the oh, I'm the horny hobbit bard that wants to fuck all the t- all the tavern yeah. witches or whatever. You know, yeah. just like yeah. meteors raining down outside. Just like okay, but this is what my character would do. Yeah. Okay, it would be sexist to this barkeep. Okay, uh, I like this 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 part here is taken from like real in quotes history. I think the current going theory of the creation of the moon is a planet called Thea crashing into a nascent molten earth and the debris like having enough gravity yeah. to like coalesce into a singular a singular bit which is our moon now. Yeah, exactly. Um so Amazon manages to save what what life remains uh, including humans uh, at least a few of them uh by by undoing the radiation. He had a undo radiation button but it cost him his life as well. So that's okay. two gods down. Jeez. Um and the impact is still incredible. Even the Algolthu had underestimated its effect. Not only did it destroy or cripple every land-based civilization of the age, even the Algolthu's own society on the ocean floor was devastated by it. Though most of them were able to survive by hibernating through the worst. We uh, uh, decided to crash another planet into this planet, and frankly, we could not have predicted the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big boom. There's no more yeah. sun. Yeah. Uh, the ash cloud would hang over Galarian for a thousand more years, ushering in what is known simply as the Age of Darkness. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, Pathfinder Part 1, I suppose. Uh, ages 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3.5, much like d d 3.5, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, if you like the show, uh, consider leaving us a review on your, your podcast app of choice. Um, tell your friends about it, uh, or just shout it from the rooftops, uh, as we say so often. Uh, I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. Uh, Jamie, is there anything you wanted to plug or add? Um, we go. Get on the Discord. Uh, Discord. Go on Discord.com. <laughs> Discord. Just, just go to Discord.com. <laughs> no, Discord.gg. If you go to our link, look at our links, you can find a way to get in. Uh, this is where we hang out. Uh, we chat with folks at all times of the day and night. Uh, sometimes you might even be lucky enough to catch a drunk Ethan at two thirty a.m. Yeah, <laughs> every once in a while. Or, or while we're recording, you might see a picture of me and Jamie doing the civic salute yep. uh, in general chat. We often yeah. post a, a couple teasers here and there, uh, and if we talk about a meme, drop it just in chat without context, so you can know about an episode before it even goes live. That's pretty great. Bro, yeah. can you believe it? Yeah. And before before we've we've edited out all of Pete's anti-white racism. Uh, <laughs> Someone made a a, a WoW guild while we were recording, by the way, 
uh, called Giant Virgins, and he's posting in trade chat, Lore Boys of Tychondria's PvP Horde in Shadowlands, recruiting new incels to join the war effort. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Um, Peter, what about you? What's, What's happening on Instagram these days? Oh, what man, at Lord Boy's podcast on Instagram. I'm posting vaccine misinformation and Digimon, apparently. like, <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to learn more about that, or follow us on Instagram, at Lord Boy's podcast, to find out the uh, the source of that. Uh, Montreal Comic Con 2022, still COVID-friendly, apparently. I, every time I say this every week, it sounds less and less realistic, but first week of July 2022, so I think it's the 7th to the 10th. Um, I'm going to be there, uh, God willing, Ethan and Jamie will be there. Um, depending on how things go for me, my comic may be partially launched at that point as well. The black frontier. So check out, um, squared idea on Instagram as well, or check out squaredidea.com um, to see what's going on. And otherwise we've got, uh, we've got a fresh merch store, uh, spring, over at yeah. Teespring, I guess. If you Google the Lore Boys on, or Google, if you search the Lore Boys on Teespring, you can find our merch. Uh, if you have suggestions, I know um, uh, our one of our new patrons, Squill, uh, requested something to be put on a shirt. I can generally put it up within a couple of hours, basically. Okay. Like like laziness and some like server things combined. If you want it, we can do it. That's basically yeah. it. So yeah. Yeah, links for links for everything we've talked about uh, are in the description, including our, our Patreon, patreon.com slash the lore boys. Thanks so much for anybody who's who's supported the show in any way, shape, or form up to this point, uh, whether it's leaving a review, whether it's telling your friends, whether it's showing up in Discord and making us feel like we're not crazy. Um, <laughs> or, or if it or, or all of you beautiful patrons who uh, who do support us with, with a bit of cash on the side. Like we said in the bonus episode, don't do it uh, at the cost of a meal. Uh, feed your children first and then subscribe to the Lord Boys. But uh, if you guys have the cash kicking around, we really do appreciate it. Me a lot. Yeah, if um, you want to donate your children, I do have like kind of a deal going with a wizard where I kind of got to drain some life forces. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that Patreon, unfortunately, damn capitalists uh, or damn go- government ha- has them regulated so they can't do it. But luckily, Lord Boys Prime is run out of international waters so we have yes. a, a roaming pirate vessel where uh we we run all transactions through there um so if your payment doesn't go through at first just keep spamming it one of them will go through maybe multiple of them will go through but uh send us 3.99 or uh let us know if you have either pirate booty that we can plunder uh at your place or or children that we can uh, and drain their life force for an evil wizard. The children thing is so illegal that even international waters doesn't allow it. So we had to make a mast on our ship tall enough that we were not only in international waters, we were in international airspace above air and water. water. <laughs> air and water. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a twofer because what we do is yeah. we'll we'll hoist the child up the up the mast. Yeah, uh, and then when the the uh, international air force shows up, Interpol's air force shows up. We just bring them down real quickly. Yeah, and then the boat. So now the uh, Interpol's air force can't do anything about it. And then if the uh, Interpol Navy shows up, we hoist them up the mast. Yeah, and then they can't do anything about it. Really, bureaucracy is what allowed us to drain your child. Yeah, we bogged them down in each other's paperwork <laughs> so that we can continue selling people. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, trading really, I think, is the, oh, yeah, the more appropriate term because yeah. we're yeah, we're not we're not selling them for money. We're selling them for power and empire. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, of we want to get powerful, uh, and we definitely won't become slaves. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, this week's episode, episode sponsored by Wayfair, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Order your new Jamie Ottoman. It's twenty five thousand dollars for no reason I will ever expect. Uh, <laughs> Jamie the Janissary Ottoman. Yeah, <laughs> that would constitute a lore boys. Lore, lore boys. boys out into international waters. <laughs> Was he from Quebec, the guy who made VLC? I feel like he, who made VLC? Vincent Leclerc Consigné. Is that real? No, I'm just, the, it's video land converters. What oh. VLC stands for. <laughs> 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 that, was a very, that was a very Quebecois name. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was real. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 